the strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm one with the force of forces with me. Now witness the firepower of this fully armed and operational battle station. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. Well, let's start somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 183, recorded June 25th, 2023. My name is Joe Becker, one half of the KyberCast team. The other half is... Michael Diaz. How's it going, Joe? Good, 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 man. Another beautiful weekend down here and just gobbling up the sun and checking out the beaches and whatnot. It's awesome. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got a whole, you've got thousands of miles of coast. So. We've got a coast. We've um, got a coast. Have you found a favorite beach yet? Or are you still? Uh, still yeah, we like um, Isle of Palms. It's easy to get in and out. And we don't, we have, a, we bought a pass. It's part of the county park system. So I can park for free instead of 20 bucks for $60 a year. <laughs> oh, that's not bad. It's kind of, kind of like how they had Michigan, the, the passport for the state parks. Exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. So yeah, that's awesome. But a that busy week, man. Lots yes. of stuff. Yeah, no kidding. Well, we haven't talked in a bit. Did you have a good Father's Day? We did. As good as it could be with no kids down here. I know. <laughs> and I didn't see my dad either, so it was it was okay. I talked to him all, but yeah, but being remote was. I'm assuming it was different. Yeah, it was not as fun. I mean, we didn't. We just didn't do much. <laughs> it was no big deal. Just talk to the kids. Nothing special. We had breakfast. Breakfast in the Waffle House. That was my favorite thing so do you like waffle house i do it's very and they're not paying me there's no waffle house commercials here although they want to that could totally do it um you know just if they want to pay me in free breakfast once a week i'll, I'll make them a sponsor of the show but uh if anybody's listening from the waffle house chain i have to admit i had to grow into the waffle house well, you I, do a 50 50 uh, if they're clean or not well <laughs> that's true but i remember you know we don't have them here in Michigan. I think as far yeah. as north they come is like uh, Ohio, like northern Ohio, and that's it. They stop. That's it. They stop. I don't know why. Yeah, like I went to the, the the last time I went to one was in Toledo, which is about as north Ohio as you can get before being Michigan. And I grew up because we didn't really experience them. I we always had the joke awful house, but <laughs> they're not. Uh, they're not like we had to go there once we were on vacation with the kids and wherever we got, we got there way too late. No place else was open. We went there and it was enjoyable. And I'm going to tell you what, the best Arnold Palmer I've ever had was at a, at a waffle house. Oh, is there an alcohol there? No, no. Arnold Palmer is just, oh, just uh, iced tea and lemonade. That's right. Yes. I'm thinking of uh, something else, but uh, I don't know what it was. It was the perfect mix of good tea, iced tea and not sweet tea. It was iced tea. Uh, unsweetened, but with their perfect balance of lemonade. Anyway, <laughs> we again, we're not a commercial for a Waffle House, but I have come around as well. Yeah, good place. All right, let's jump into the news. Uh, Michael, you wrote all the news. So let's rip through it. You lead it. Well, this is going to lead into our discussion later because Joe and I, outside of this podcast, we discuss things like we try not to discuss things too much. But usually after we both see something, like we both saw the flash, and we start messaging each other, each other, 
And one thing we were talking about was, you know, I, I liked it. We'll get into that more. But the, one of the things we talked about was, you know, what's really going to matter is that second week. And here's that second week, and The Flash has dropped over 70%. It's now in its second week, the number three movie. Spider-Man Across the Universe is back at number one. So that's quite the drop. That is not what DC or Warner Brothers wanted. No, but it kind of Spider-Verse kind of cheated with news. Oh, are you talking about what I got on our news here? Yeah. Um, so it's too bad for the Flash. We'll, we'll get into the Flash later. But I, I thought it would not drop that much because of word of mouth. But apparently the power of Ezra Miller screwing up really hurt that movie. Um, it's unfortunate for the people that worked on it. It's unfortunate, uh, you know, for the DC. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. You put money in people, they either perform or blow it. So and he blew it. He blew it. But yeah, you made, uh, let's just jump to the Spider-Verse since you kind of pulled that in. I mean, they kind of cheated in that they had said, um, well, there's different versions out. The theaters don't know which one you saw. So Did they say that? I thought people on Twitter discovered it. And then finally one of the producers or people on Twitter discovered it. Okay. Well, and maybe, maybe someone leaked it. I don't Um, know, but I'm 100%. That's marketing, baby. You think so? Of course. Of course. It's smart. Very it smart. is smart. The tweet I saw was one, I don't remember if it was the producer or director who said basically like, I've been waiting for someone to realize this. And now the changes aren't major. I haven't seen it yet, so I haven't had time. It's it's more like uh, little tweaks here. Like in this one scene, you know, Miles says something and in, in, in a different version, like he doesn't say anything. And it's just little tweaks like that. Again, nothing super major to change necessarily the entire story. Um but it is a way but, to get people to see it a second time. But it is, yes. It's it's there are alternate versions all around the country. So Which makes sense for a multiverse movie. It's actually pretty that's, smart. That's the argument, yeah. Which which multiverse are you looking at? Yeah. So really, really smart. Really, really smart. It right, is next. pretty brilliant marketing. Let's go next. Well, keeping within the Spider-Verse. Craven the Hunter, the trailer came out, and it was a red band trailer. I was not expecting that. Now, maybe there was news before this saying that it was going to be a hard R film. Um, it is. Oh, yeah. What did you think of the trailer? I thought I'm watching Morbius 2 was what I thought of the trailer. <laughs> okay. I can't lie. The trailer was decent, okay? And I, I like uh, I like the fact that uh, Pietro's in it. I'm sorry, not Pietro. You know, Quicksilver from right. Avengers. Right. Um. He is a fantastic actor. His name's not Pietro. Uh, I loved him, you know, when he was in Marvel, but I, he's been in so many movies. He was uh, in Kick-Ass. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Tenet, where he was really good in Tenet. And I loved him in Bullet Train. Yes. I think he takes on Craven very well, but I don't know. It, I, I, too, could not shake the feeling of Morbius. I don't quite understand the character. I thought he was a villain. He is. Um, but they're certainly making him an anti-villain here, or an anti-hero, I should say. Yeah. Well, so I, I admit my knowledge of him. Is I don't know anything him. about him. So. Okay. So he he became really famous in the eighties. Um, was it the eighties, early nineties? I think the late eighties, for a series called Cravens. It was it was a 
miniseries within the Spider-Man series. At that point in time, there were three Spider-Man's comic books. There was Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, and Web of Spider-Man. That's how popular Spider-Man was in the 80s. They had three titles. Uh, and they had this event that occurred over all three titles called The Last Hunt. Mm. And that's, I'm not going to ruin it. And Well, it's been almost 40 years, but. Don't ruin it. It doesn't matter. It's, it's a great story, but that's what shot him into the stratosphere. He was always basically, the gist is, he was always trying to hunt the most dangerous game. Yeah, I get that. And, and he just happens to be Spider-Man. It's the right. hardest thing to get. I get that. But this thing, what, a drop of lion's blood gets in him, and now he's got powers? Like, eh, all right, Morbius. Yeah, it's I just, if I, it's, to me, the sniffs of Morbius all over again. And Is that as far-fetched as like a radioactive spider biting you? Well, at least there's a reason behind it. Like, there's, it's a genetically altered. I mean, you know, this is just a regular lion. If that happens, then everybody just do a fucking transfusion. That is true. Well, apparently you have to have get wounded and have the spirit of the lion within you. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But it just it, it, it is scream. It, listen, I have no faith in Sony uh, on their own making a Spider Verse movie because none of them have been very good. Even to me, the Venom ones are not very good movies. I know they're popular and they do well, but they're not good movies. Um, I haven't seen Let There Be Carnage, so I can't speak to that. But I did see the first Venom. Unimpressed. I mean. All right, I watched it. Do I ever need to see it again? Nope. <laughs> um, I mean, I do give credit where, where credit is due. Sony does Spider-Man amazingly when it's animated. And when they have Marvel to help. And when they have Marvel to help. When basically Marvel creates it and Sony just distributes it. Right. I don't hate what they did in the past. Like, to me, the first two, you know, the the, the um, Sam Raimi 1 and 2 are some of the best comic book movies ever made. A hundred percent agree. When I saw Spider-Man, I was like, this is it. Yep. The best comic book movie ever yeah. made. And then the, the two is even better. Excellent. Yeah, absolutely. It's the empire. Um, anyways, we'll see when it comes out. I, I, I don't know if I'll rush to the theater, but we'll see. Well, I, it feels so. I don't want to spend too long on this, but it, it almost feels like they're going R for our sake. Like it, it has like that John Wick thing and yeah, then it's just super yeah. violent yeah and then you have zeus in there for some reason same accent what's going on there <laughs> right <laughs> i don't know i i think this is another failure for sony yeah i think That's so too bet. i think it's yeah morbius bound it's morbid morbid i don't know <laughs> um all right what's the next thing i know you're pretty bummed to hear this joe but uh Star Trek Prodigy on Nickelodeon has been canceled. It's also been on uh, Paramount Plus, which is odd because they already greenlit it for a second season. And they're going to finish the production on the second season, and then they're going to shop the show to other networks. or other. They're going to make their money up front and not worry about it. Pay the people off. You know, I, I admit I have not seen this show, so I can't speak to it it's a children's show yeah yeah um zero i didn't even watch lower decks so well, there's no reason i'd watch this i'm behind on lower decks i admit that um but i this was something i was like i should check it out at some point i i some of our listeners have said it's actually really good especially with connections to voyager you have janeway and apparently chakotay shows up at least once if not more so it was on my list of things to eventually watch 
but I guess I better get on it quick because it's not going to be on Paramount Plus very much longer. Right? I don't think you have to watch it. I think you're fine. <laughs> you know what? I think I'll watch it right after season three of Daredevil. Exactly. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> that said, uh, the Blu-rays for this show have sold out. They're selling out everywhere. Amazon, wherever you can buy Blu-rays, you know, people have gone crazy for them. So, The Prodigy? Yes. Oh. So... Wait. I they're guess looking at it as souvenirs or like one of those things. I mean, they can sell it later and make money at a comic con. Oh God, who knows? But I, here's the thing. I mean, yes. Well, is there going to be, I don't know. I don't see a lot of collectors having to have Star Trek prodigy because I mean, the episodes are out there. Anyone that uses Plex or anything like that. I mean, yes, it's on Paramount plus and that's how you should have it legally. But if you've already got quote unquote backup copies on your Plex server, it's not going anywhere. Right. Right. Backup for backup. Right. Okay. Anyway. Well, all right. Well, let's get to our geek this week. Uh, mine still is. I was just reading it at the beach, Lord of the Rings. So, How far are you in now? Are you past the halfway? Yeah, I'm pretty much past halfway, but it's going good. I really enjoy reading it. That's good. I know you won't read it, but I really enjoy it. Dude, my to-be-read list is so sickeningly thick. For me to even consider reading a multi-thousand-page tome like that of a genre I'm not even a huge fan of. Right. Speaking of... Uh, Speaking of not being a fan? Well, no, I totally messed that up. Speaking of massive tomes, I am still reading To Sleep in a Sea of Stars. I am not that far into it, unfortunately. I'm only about 25%. I think last week I was still around 20%. It's a long book, okay? Uh, and I, I admit I didn't have much time uh, this week to read, but uh, I am going on vacation starting next Friday. Oh, nice! Six days, so I should be able to put a nice dent into it. All right, good. So we don't know if we're going to record next week. We'll figure that out. Um, no, no, I'm not even till Friday. Right, but, if you, but if oh, I, should, yeah, oh, that's yeah. right. We, oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Now. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Um, and then also I bought so. Image has been putting these compendiums on sale. Image and DC slash American Best Comics. And I, I'm i sucker for it. I bought the top 10. I think I mentioned that last episode. Bought the top 10 compendium. Uh, and then I bought the Tom Strong. Those are both ABC Comics, which is America's Best Comics. Published by Wildstorm and then later DC. Um, Black Science was actually a Image comic. Then I, I read the first two trades and then I just got behind and, you know, I'm a geek. I'm trying to consume it all and I can't. <laughs> but the series, you know, completed. They put out a compendium. I found it at 40% off and I couldn't say no, so I ordered it. So I, I have to admit, like, I used to collect comics, like single issue comics. And I, I had to drop that because I just couldn't keep up. Then I started collecting trades and I still do that for the most part. But now it's almost to the point where... I just wait till the series is over and then buy the entire series and then read it all. There you go. Well, you're on your way. Exactly. <laughs> well, we could be on our way too if people will check out uh, Patreon, our Patreon site at patreon.com slash kybercast. And if you'd like to throw us a tip once in a while, that'll help us be on our way with paying for all the fun stuff that needs to be paid for. Um, so yeah, check it out. Patreon.com slash kybercast. Hey, Michael, we've got three main topics. Let's, let's, because this is an ongoing show, 
that we're going to let's, let's do it in the order that you have it. Um, but save time for more flash since that's all one and done. Um, and we can come back to the in more in depth in the other two. How's that sound for you? That works. All right. Well, Star Trek um, Strange New Worlds is out. It's uh, got two episodes in. I've watched them both. Michael has watched them both. Um, For me, the first episode wasn't that great. It was okay. But even though there's a lot of action, but I liked the second episode much better, even though it was like a courtroom drama. But overall, it's a better... It's a better show than most other Star Trek shows. As you all know, I don't really jump into the Star Trek world, but I did listen to, and I, I sent it to Michael, and we, we'll get into maybe a deeper topic at another time, but I did listen to uh, or watch a video by Robert Meyer Burnett, who I do like. He's a writer. Um, he's I've always enjoyed what he brings to the table in terms of um, thinking and writing, who goes into a big diatribe of how the new Star Trek, no matter, you know, since like 2009, it's just been garbage, basically, in his opinion, uh, as someone who has um, been in the Star Trek universe, actually did a lot of the Blu-ray behind the scenes direction, uh, asked questions of stars, things like that. He knows that universe probably better than most. Um, and to him, it's just not up to snuff, not even quite up to snuff. Um but uh, maybe this new, the Star Trek Strange New Worlds is probably the closest, I think, to maybe what Star Trek means. Um, but maybe not. I don't know. I'll leave it up to Michael. What do you think? You know, it's rare, but you and I are pretty much on the exact same page on this. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, you, I know our listeners can't see, but I've got my glasses on top of my head. <laughs> so I can read from my notes that I wrote down on these. And yeah. Uh, episode one of season two of Strange New Worlds. Uh, nothing really to write home about um, other than basically what I wrote down was if you liked the first season, the second season is basically just like it continues. Like It's not like a it's not a huge premiere, like bombastic in any way. Like when when season one began, you know, Pike was, you know, off in the wilderness. He was away for a bit and he was all bearded and stuff. And it you know, you got to come back. We have an emergency. That was a premiere, right? And then you get to meet all right. the cast members. This one, literally, if if you're binging it, you could have ended season one and then watched season two, and it's just like the next episode. Right. And that's fine. It's solid. I'll say that. But it wasn't – you're right. It didn't, it didn't spin my wheels. It didn't blow my mind. I mean, there were some laughs with Scott – you know, not Scott – with Spock um, – you know what's what's his catchphrase going to be? Yeah, that that was funny. Um, the new engineer, she seems interesting. We know she's a placeholder until Scotty comes on board. But overall, it was a fine episode. But the second episode, what Ad Astra uh, Prospera, I think is called. Mm-hmm. That is one hundred percent classic Star Trek and what Star Trek was and should be, in my opinion. Yeah, very good. Um, I, you know, the first episode, I mean, I, I don't know if I like the way they are portraying Spock. And this isn't what because I listened to or watched the YouTube thing. But we, we talked about this last year, too. Like, I think he's just too – they're trying to do, like, the prequel to Spock and how he becomes Spock. Almost like the first James Bond Casino Royale where he's not quite Spock yet. But um, I think that they just the, – He's too emotional. You can hear the dog behind me who's very emotional too. Dog is very emotional. It's okay though. 
Um, yeah, and I'm I'm okay with that, I guess, because, and maybe this is being too beholden to canon. In the original pilot, The Cage, you know, Pike is the captain. Spock is on the ship. And in The Cage, Spock is actually much more emotional than the Spock we know. Um, that we see later in Enterprise, you know, obviously the cage was not the pilot they went with. They recast and they brought in William Shatner to be, you know, Kirk instead. And they shot a new pilot and that's the show that went. And eventually, you know, they, they interspersed pieces of that pilot into an episode, but eventually they released the pilot on its own. And so for a fan like me, I get it. It's showing, you know, how Spock was could be more emotional. He's still trying to get his human and Vulcan side. So for, like I said, an old school Trekkie like me, I, I kind of get the wink and the nudge. Yeah. So, but I see where you're coming from, but so what I liked about this second episode so much is that at its best, um, Star Trek should be a mirror to society. And, um- but maybe a little more elevated because it's way in the future. Correct. Correct. But I mean, if you look back to the, even the original series, uh, the first interracial kiss ever broadcast on television was between Kirk and Uhura on Star Trek. Um, if you look at the episode, I can't remember the name of it and, huge Star Trek fans from that will know better than I, but there is this episode um, where the Enterprise shows up at this planet and there's some people that have black on the left side of their face and white on the right. And then there's another guy that has the opposite. And one, I can't remember which one is which. I think the one that is black on the right, white on the left is like the, the controlling one and they enslave the other ones. And it's interesting because, you know, they're at each other's throats and then Kirk is like, I don't get it. You guys are the same. And like, what are you talking about? We're the same. Can't you see? I've got black on the right and white on the left. And he's the opposite. We're completely different. <laughs> but it's an analogous way to talk about, you know, race relations, whether it's white and black or whatever else, you know, Asian and, you know, whatever. The point is what Roddenberry was trying to show was a utopian future where it's like we're all humans. But it was a different planet. So humans were supposed to be past this this part of it, anyway. Exactly. Um, but she's part. Well, what what are they? What is her species or whatever? Augmented people. What are they called? Aurelian. Aurelian. So is is that where Khan came from? Is that am I missing something? And why 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 the genetic? No no no. There is a relation. So we know that there's a Khan on board the ship too, right? Mm-hmm. The head of security. So in Star Trek canon right about now or actually before was the third world war. And it was started because Khan, Khan Noonien Singh, um, he, he was a genetically modified right. super soldier and him and all of his other eugenic, they call it the eugenic wars. Uh, basically him and all of his, um, modified soldiers decided, wait a second, we're better at this than anyone. We're going to take over the world. And there was a war. And luckily, uh, the unaugmented humans won. 
that there was a cost of, you know, hundreds of millions of lives, blah, blah, blah. So Earth made a law, no eugenics, no tweaking of your DNA, no augments. So when the Federation formed as Earth was one of the founding members, they insisted that we become part of the Federation Charter. So she is not directly related to Khan in any way, shape, or form. No, but that was, I just want to know if that was the, if that where it came from, the Khan. That, yes. Okay, that's, that's what I figured. I didn't know much lore, but I figured that's where it came from. Yeah. So, but good episode. It's very, it's courtroom drama. You get into each character. It's really good character driven. Um, so yeah, good, very good episode. I think uh, hopefully the next one, they kind of get out of there now and find something interesting and go do something. Cause uh, if they, if they, if they, this was what would, you would call a cheap episode, but done well. Right. Cause they're basically in one room for most of the episode. Right. So they better spend some money somewhere else in the next couple episodes. That's fine. I, I expect there's going to be a major ship battle sometime this season, at least one or two episodes. Or that's where they spend the money on the VFX. Mm-hmm. But it's okay with these, I, I don't want to call them smaller episodes, but again, I, I know I said this already, but this is what Great Trek is, and this is what Great Trek should be, and I loved it. It was good. It was very, very good. And I'm going to go back to, we'll go to, to the video, but it really wasn't science fiction. It just was a show that these people happen to be things, and they just kind of pulled a f- few words here and there and made it basically a, a Alan McBeal episode. But you could say the same thing of that episode that I referenced already where yeah. they go to this planet. I mean, Of course, of course. But that's the thing. Sometimes The whole point of science fiction, too, is also sometimes to take the known and extend it. Right. So it was a good episode. Very good episode. Fantastic. Um, let's move on to Marvel now in Secret Invasion episode one, uh, which right now is having a little bit of backlash to the opening art made by AI, um, pissing a lot of artists off. But it is kind of interesting that they did that in the way of like, well, the scrolls, you don't know what they are. So they artificial. So it's, I get why they did it. It's, I mean, if I was in the room as a creative director, I'd be like, hey, why don't we do this? Because we don't know what's real and what's not. AI would be a perfect way to do it. Um, so it's an interesting way to bring that, the credits to the series. And, you know, hopefully real creatives got paid in, in uh, the way it was done. But at the end of the day, it's an interesting way to do it. Um, controversial anyways. But uh, I thought it was a good spy episode. It's a good beginning. Um, clearly, you know, I'm, I'm going to jump to the end, but that's really the catalyst, right? Like that's going to, it's kind of like when, um, you know, uh, what's his name? Died in Avengers, Colson. Uh, so we lost, uh, we lost uh, a good shield representation there. Anita Hill. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, uh, I was surprised, actually. Yeah, I was too. Well, I was too. She, I kinda, she did that, we don't know. I mean, you think so, but. Well, that's, that's the thing. We, you know, they they cut to her dying, and then you know there's fury, and then it goes to black. Because of the nature of this show, I'm not saying this is the fact, but we didn't see if she turned. We don't. So was she a scroll? Wasn't she? I think they held long enough for her well, not yeah, to be a scroll. But be, because the scroll wouldn't have shot her anyways. We don't know. Don't know. But I don't think it was. I'm not saying I think necessarily one way or the other. I'm just saying if. At the end of this series, 
she's still alive because she was a scroll, I won't be surprised. I'm not saying right. it needs to go that way. I just won't be surprised. Right. And um, I, I think I think it's a shock because I've been waiting for them to really do something with Hill. Um, she's been around since the Avengers, the very first one. She's never had a story. We don't know anything about her. She just, hey, exactly. check out that actress that we know. Exactly. She's always just kind of been in the background. I mean, she was a little bit more present in, um, what was it? Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, yeah. Because that's what the whole thing when you find out S.H.I.E.L.D. has been infiltrated by HYDRA. Right. And she goes off to join the CIA. And we've seen her a little bit since. I mean, she obviously, well, she didn't appear. It wasn't a Skrulls we find out. It's her and Fury were Skrulls in Spider-Man Far From Home. Um, so again, she may be a scroll, but, but that said, like I kept waiting for her to have her big moment within the MCU. And I guess not. I guess she was always, she just had it. it. That was it. That was it. She died. She died. It was a catalyst. I look, this show could be great. I mean, it's going to be a small spy thing. We see it's happening. I don't, it's kind of like, um, Oh my gosh! How am I going to explain it? It's 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 kind of like Fury becoming Fury again. Like he's been gone. Like he's going to get. It's like when a, when Thor lost his powers and now he's becoming Thor again. It's kind of like that play out. Like he doesn't seem as strong or ready to go because he's been up in space doing something. Um, but you know, well, he really hasn't been super active within the MCU. I mean. No, not at all. Well, ever since the end of, you know, Endgame. Captain America. He wasn't even in. He just came out of Endgame. He, he didn't even get through Infinity War because he was blipped. Or he allegedly was blipped. I don't know. Yeah, right. So the last time we really saw him in action was back then when, they, you know, he, he had his grave. And then, of course, they made the uh, uh, Pulp Fiction reference on his headstone, which was fantastic. Yeah. But, I mean, he lost S.H.I.E.L.D. And he moved on. And we know he was in contact with Captain, you know, they showed him in flashback to the 90s with Captain Marvel. And we saw with the beeper go off at the end of, uh, uh, not Endgame, but uh, Infinity War. Right. But he really hasn't done anything except shown up a couple times. So uh, uh, all that to say is, yes, I agree with you. It's, It's Fury deciding I've been sitting on the sidelines too long. Fury's going to be Fury again. Right. So there's like a bit of James Bond in this. There's a bit of, you know, that spy network thing that's going to happen. Um, I like that they used Rebellion. They, they didn't get the planet they wanted. So now they're just going to take Earth. Like they weren't prom- – after everything that's going on, they, we took too long apparently since the 90s to find them a place. Well, it's been 30 years. How long do you wait? I mean you've had time for a whole other generation, almost yeah, well, two generations to – there's Come people up. at the border of South America coming into the United States that have waited two generations too. Like, you know, here's a planet for you, bro. Like, come on. They saved you. Relax. Um, <laughs> but uh, it, it, I think it's good to the way, because I know the Skrulls were not necessarily good people in the comics, but it's a nice way to switch you back to, you know, you, you, you fought for them in the 90s, but now not so much maybe. Right, because that was a nice twist in Captain Marvel where they're refugees. They're just looking for a place to live. But now here it is 30 years later and 
Apparently, the promises have not been kept. They still don't have a place to live. There was a few right. other things going on, though. It could have helped in the Infinity Wars, fuck faces. Yeah, it's been 30 years. <laughs> you know, 25 years up until Infinity War. I mean, and, and still, no one references the big statue in the ocean. <laughs> yeah, apparently, they're just not going to reference that. Uh, they will at some point, I have to believe. It's a pretty big deal. It is, but yeah. That said, it really doesn't pertain to the show necessarily. No, but they are on the planet Earth. I mean, true, true. It's not like they're Guardians of the Galaxies. So don't need to talk about it, but like they are living there. That is fair. That is fair. It, it's, um, you're right. The whole episode is just set up. It's putting the, the, yeah. the chairs on the deck of what's going to be happening with season and establishing nobody is safe. And anyone, literally anyone, could be a scroll. I mean, you had Martin Freeman in there as his character. Yep. And apparently there have been Ross. Ross. Yeah. Apparently there are hints from his other appearances in other Marvel shows that might lead us to believe he has been a scroll for some time. Who's to say? But one thing I did like: they very quickly established in the beginning that they're not killing off the people they were replacing. Right. They all got them. They steal their memories, but there's nothing to say that all these people that have been replaced won't be coming back. So Ross, it, now that we know he's, you know, dead and a scroll, he's in somewhere in there in captivity. But at what point was he captured? We don't know. Was it during Black Panther or after? Exactly. Wakanda forever or whatever. Exactly. Which, because... The end scene of Wakanda Forever is Ross being rescued mm-hmm. by uh, General Kao. Yep. So, which Ross was that? Was that the Ross that was already a scroll, or did he get abducted sometime after that? We don't know. We don't know. But it's a good beginning. We'll see how it goes. It's. A, I mean, uh, I'm looking forward to the series. It's only six episodes, so um, looking forward to see the rest. Hopefully, they're. As long as this one it was a good good amount of time on this, it wasn't a thirty minute episode. So hopefully they spend the time on each episode to uh, flesh this out. So, yep. All right. Well, let's uh, move on to the Flash review. That's um, that we both got a chance to see it. And and I, you know, listen, DC has got a lot of problems. Um, I don't know if James Gunn is going to be able to fix them. Uh, I think that uh, overall, it's a shame if you don't see this movie. It's a very fun movie. Um, I enjoyed it. I gave it a B minus in my head, I think is what I told Michael, um, because there's some problems with it. Uh, but, you know, say what you will, the guy, you know, messed up, but he did really good in this movie. I mean, he's very good in it. I think and you and I already discussed this, I think I give this a solid B+. Plus. Um, it's fun. It's enjoyable. Um, I'm debating whether or not it's my favorite DC EU film. Um, I know I really liked Wonder Woman, but there are issues with the third act on Wonder Woman. The first um, Wonder Woman movie? Yes. I think that's better than this movie. I'm, I'm debating. I'm debating. It feels tighter to me, tighter script. It definitely is tighter, but let me first say this. Um, this in no way condones or 
excuses anything Ezra Miller has done. That's no, we're not I, here to I, do that. That's a I know, I know. Thing, yeah, I'm just making sure I'm clear that we are clear on that. That yeah, this is not excuse or you know anything like that. Now that said, from a pure acting standpoint, I think Ezra Miller should get the Oscar for this role. Oh no, 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 no! Come yes. on. Yes, this is not an Oscar movie whatsoever. It's but not an Oscar type movie, but how many movies have you had two people, one actor play two different people and play off each other? And how many movies have they done it this well? They did do it very well. He created two distinct characters: Barry at eighteen and Barry at twenty something, and he so almost effortlessly showed how different people can be and how different 18 year old Barry was because he didn't go through the trauma that later right. Barry went through. No, no, it was very good, but I mean, we'll see. That's early in the year. I don't think that's no, even close to us. Here's, here's the thing. He's not going to get nominated. No, there's, there's too, too much dirt on his name and probably for the good, right? He's, yeah done horrible things yes i get yeah, that allegedly. let's let him go through the right. process correct let's go through the process but also i also recognize that ezra miller they have uh admitted to some mental health issues mm-hmm. they're seeking help uh apparently they are getting the attention they need right now and the therapy and all that stuff and that's all great if that's all true right but i i and so because of that, Ezra Miller will never get the nomination. No. I'm just okay. saying. Overall, as a movie, though, very good movie. It brought good. back a, a lot of nostalgia. They brought, you know, uh, various Superman, various Batman. Um, Michael Keaton stole this movie, uh, in my opinion. He was I agree. still He was still more uh, the one he wanted to watch, um, even over The Flash, which is a bit sad. Um. I thought that they did a good job. I thought that, you know, the third act was tough for me in this too as well because you're basically just using Zod as the the big villain, but it really was no such thing. What they should have done is um, turned it into the Dark Flash or whatever that, you know, where he's himself later on be more prominent of, of a villain at the end and not just this last second got through the third act it would have been better to do something like that i think than bring zod back um as just a plot point you know he's like oh he's gonna destroy the world again or this world um i did think however that kara was fantastic that was a great super character caught in russia um let go that was that was cool um i think it was russia right yep yeah, uh, and Batman going to rescue that was that was awesome. Like getting her out, that was what my favorite part of the movie. Actually, was that the whole planning and getting her out. I thought that was the best part of the movie. Um, seemed really well written there. Uh, and then Kara, I thought was was great. And then her getting killed over and over as a nexus point or something like that. I can't remember what, exactly what they call those. Um, and then the funny things like his dorm room. Uh, friends that were talking about Back to the Future and how good Eric Stoltz was and everybody who knows. Like, those are nice little... Or Tom Selleck in... Yeah, there's so much Back to the Future references here that they even use a bolt of lightning to get the Flash, like, literally (laughs) on a a string, just like the DeLorean. I mean, it was right there, blatant. Um, But, 
you know, I'm still pissed that they didn't show Henry Cavill only as this cartoon um, face. Uh, that's a big mistake. Big mistake, in my opinion, because it changes the way when you don't see if he would have came in at the beginning at the end of the bridge after he fixed the volcano, like when Wonder Woman showed up, they could have all showed up for three seconds. They could have paid him to do that. Not a big deal. And then him fly off because what that does is it pays off. You you, you get to experience him again because what it does, it pays off what Zod said he killed Kal-El as a baby. Would have made it much more powerful. Much, much more powerful. I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. Um, Yeah, I think having Cavill would have been fantastic. Um, but seeing as we're talking about the flashbacks and all those different, like, you know, it was a nice nod to see that Christopher Reeve and Helen Slater, Batman, or not Batman, Superman, Supergirl. Right. That was kind of cool. As a nerd. Fuck off Linda Carter. Is that what you're telling me? The one who. Okay. So where's Linda? Okay. Here's the thing. I don't think they would have made anyone, everyone completely happy because I see where you're going to this Linda Carter thing because that's one of the first things Shay and I talked about in the car. Like, okay, so we got to see Ben Affleck Batman. We got to see Michael Keaton Batman. We got to see George Clooney Batman. We got to see Adam West Batman. Where's Bale? Where's Bale? Where's we had freaking Nicolas Cage Superman? Exactly. I mean, that was a fun Easter egg only because... If you know anything about the backstory of exactly. know, the Kevin Smith script. That was fun. I enjoyed that. But, you know, we saw... But like you said, we saw the Christopher Reeve. We saw the George Reeves Superman. <laughs> why didn't we see Devil? And why didn't we see Grant Gustin Flash? Which, mm-hmm. I get it, that was separate to TV show, but... I'm sorry, Adam West Batman was mm-hmm. completely separate. Or the Flash from the 90s that was in the regular Flash could have been in there. Exactly. Because Ezra Miller showed up when I was Flash waiting was doing for You know, there's a scene in, in um, Justice League, is it just uh, Batman versus Superman, where he comes in and he goes, oh, I went to the wrong spot. Like, there's a scene in there where he comes out and, comes and says something, and uh, they never really went back to that. I don't yeah. know if you remember. Yep, I do know. So, all that said, that scene probably would have been overly long, and I accept that, but I still wanted to see Bale. I still wanted to see Cavill. I still wanted to see other you know, hints that this was a larger multiverse. I get that they didn't want to take five, ten minutes to show all these different variations, but I still wanted to see Bale. I still want to see Grant Gustin. I want to see some other notion because if the CW shows could do it and bring Ezra Miller onto the flash for a five second cameo, why couldn't, if they're wrapping up everything, if they're wrapping up the DCEU for the newness of the DCU, give us those extra, that extra time. Again, this, 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 this is not going to lead into anything that James Gunn's doing. This is a full stop done complete. Nothing, nothing will carry over. There is no, Passing the baton. There's nothing. This is full stop. The end of uh, the 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 end credit Aquaman thing was fucking weird. Like it was, especially. I mean, okay. I don't 100 percent agree with you, only because we don't know yet. I you are of the mind that yes, we're done with everything else. The box the box office told me that. 
the the box office may, that may well be. It, and I'll tell you a double thing why it won't happen because the preview of the Blue Beetle looks like shit. That movie ain't gonna do anything. That movie is not gonna probably do all that well. No. I admit that, but I don't know. Gal Gadot is said she talked to uh, Gun. Doesn't they canceled her movie? Yes. But we still don't know definitively if she is done as Wonder Woman. She's done. Well, you know, we won't know until we do know. She could be in Elseworlds, but it ain't going to do anything with his DCU. I mean, I get it. Obviously, he's going to have a different Batman. He's going to have a different Superman. And based on this box office, I mean, had you asked me last week, I was like, I really liked it. I could see them moving forward with Ezra Miller, but now after these numbers have come in where it's had a 70, over 70% drop, Miller's done. I thought that who, because they're building up the end to this Batman coming out of the car, I thought whoever that was going to be would have been the new Batman as kind of like coming out, and it sure as shit is not going to be Clooney. No, he's too old. Yeah. And again, it's a nice wink and a nudge, and I know people have been saying for 20 years now he is the worst Batman. I don't think he is the worst Batman. I think he was in the worst Batman bad movie. Movies. Yeah. The movie's bad. I mean, come on. Arnold Schwarzenegger as, you know, Mr. Mr. Freeze. Freeze going, cool party. Come on. Yeah. Fucking awful movie. Well, they turned it back to the 60s. That's what that was. They turned it to camp. That was the wrong direction. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, I mean, I like the movie. People should see it. I mean, it's a good DC movie. It had a lot of fun. There's a great part to it. There's a very emotional. Like, the whole point of him having to decide, knowing that he's one universe he's grown up with his mother, now he's taking that away from him. Like, that was a very tough thing to do. I got emotional in that whole scene in the market where basically mm-hmm. she knows it's him. I don't know, but you could say that. I, she, I, she knows there was a, there was a kind of a wink there. She's like, Oh, I'm sure if you know, your mother understands or whatever she said, I, I can't remember. She doesn't that. really know. She's just being a mom. She knows. She no, knows. No, you're, you're reading too much into that. No, she knows. You, you know, you're just too sappy. <laughs> the point is it was emotionally affecting. I thought that was a great scene. Um, Yet another good thing about this film, and I agree with you, people should see it. It's a good movie. Very good and, movie. And it did, it did exactly what it was supposed to. In that, if it, it leaves the thing open, because I know you say it's done, and the way this movie ends, yes, they can be completely done with the DCEU, though they are done with the DCEU, we know that. They don't have to carry on any actors portraying any of the characters. But it's also enough of a soft reboot that if they do bring back, I know you don't believe they're going to, but if they do, it will still work if they bring one over. I don't even know if they're going to release the, the last Aquaman. You don't think so? I, I don't know. To what? To make, to do what? I mean, a billion before, from what I hear from all the critics of this is a terrible movie. I heard it was terrible. From what the they're Aquaman saying. is just that bad? That's what they're saying. They're pulling a Batgirl. There's, they may pull a Batgirl on it. Oh, man. I like the first one. I did, too. I liked it very much. We saw it on a mandate. That's right. Um, but overall, I mean, people should see this movie. It's, it's, I mean, 
very good movie. It's just, it's fun, man. It's really, really fun. I'm catching the, I mean, the, the whole baby, the whole first scene is like cringeworthy of catching all these babies. And all. It's like all insane. Right. Well, you, you're making a, is very bad though in this movie. Like, you're making really, a very good movie. segue to, yes, let's talk about the bad. <laughs> the, the CGI is shit. It's terrible. It's like you didn't have to spend the money. I mean, they went through a stylized thing that was just awful. Yeah. So that was my question. Is it just bad CGI or was this a stylistic choice? Or is I it both? Think, I think it's both. And that they tried to do a style and cut the cut the budget a little bit, but they, you know, they're not making their money back. This movie's not even in line to make what fucking um Black Adam made. No. And this okay, of the two movies, this one is vastly superior. One hundred percent. Black Adam is not good. No. 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 Not at all. And this is so, gonna catch it, which is a shame. Well, you know, I, I actually went back, you know, when when they released the Schneider cut of Justice League, I enjoyed it. I'm on record. I said that. I it enjoyed it. It was a good movie. Was, now, that said, I didn't see the Whedon version, so I can't speak to that. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I haven't watched it. Part of me is almost curious, like, should I have watched that? But I, I didn't want to say. And then when I finally watched the director's cut of Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice. Not bad. I enjoyed it actually, but again, yeah. I watched the director's cut, which a lot of people say was vastly superior to the one that was released. Right. So, all that to say, the CGI is shit. It, it, the babies look creepy. They don't look real at all. And what was with him putting a baby in a microwave? Keep it safe. I don't like, know. I, I get that, but that's like bringing back the '80s jokes about babies and yeah, what's red and bubbly and taps on glass, you know, stuff right. like that. Horrible, horrible jokes from the 80s. (laughs) Terrible, terrible, terrible. So yeah, if it was a stylistic choice, why? Why was that the choice they made? I get it. It fit with the style they went with, you know, when Barry is in his, what, his chrono bubble or whatever they call it. And he starts seeing all these, you know, images of like, you know, people along different timelines and stuff. And it's very animated and doesn't look realistic. It's messed up. But the babies look that way too. And it's just, I don't know, man. It was such an odd choice. And now that you got me ranting about what's not good, what was bad about this film, Michael Shannon. It was innocuous. He was fantastic in Man of Steel. In fact, Michael Shannon is almost always great in anything he's in. Have you ever seen The Night Before? No. Night Before is this comedy with uh, Anthony Mackie, Seth Rogen, and... Um, Oh, I can't remember his name. The guy from Third Rock that's in Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yep. The whole no, gist, I... yeah, the whole gist of that movie, I won't get into it, but basically it's about uh, one of the guys, his parents died like on Christmas Eve or something. So every year they all get together and party with him so that way he doesn't, he doesn't have to be alone and it's become their tradition. But Michael Shannon has a bit role in that movie that is fucking hilarious. He only shows up a handful of times. Every time he's on the screen, you're like, he steals every scene because he's so good. And he was great as Zod in Man of Steel. In this movie, he just looked bored. Because it was no reason for him to be there other than just a quick plot point. Do your thing and come out and done. And he even kind of, he said in interviews. Yeah. And I tried not to let this taint my view of it because he said in interviews, he's like, I don't get the point of why I was in this movie. And you know what? I, I, I kind of see it. He was clearly not enthused. No. That's why they should have used Dark Flash, like I said. 
I would have been cool with that. The thing is, they use Dark Flash in the CW show. Yeah, but it's part of the thing. It's okay. I know. I I, I would have been fine with it. But I don't know. What else did you think was bad about this film? Uh, I mean, the CGI, I think it's uh, like in the third act was not great. You know, uh, you know the, the, the Zod thing, basically what you covered is just a plot point to have a fight. Um, yeah. No he really wasn't the big bad. No, it was, it was a waste of time. Yeah. And then to kill Kara, I guess, gotcha. to make him make the emotions like I got to turn back time because it was his only friend. Right. But interesting thing. But anyway, that's my take. It's a good movie, though. I think people should see it. Um, maybe they'll wait till it's on HBO Max. <clears throat> but uh, you know, overall, I, I, like I said, B minus. Michael's had a B plus. Um, I think it's worth a watch, especially in the movie theater. There's a lot of fun to be had. Michael Keaton's fantastic. There's a great. Th- Talking oh. about the theory of time. I, um, I know we're wrapping up, but let me just throw this out there real quick. Uh, this was the send off that Michael Keaton deserved as Batman. I want to make yeah, sure it's good. That. Very good. Uh, I could see him carrying on if they did, uh, what was that cartoon show that uh, Batman Beyond? He'd be great. Oh, God, he'd be the best right? for Batman Beyond. They should do that right now. Warner Brothers um, make it happen. Exactly. So, Michael, let others know what they can tell us what they think of The Flash after they go see it. Well, if you want to let us know what you think, you can find us on social media on both Twitter and Instagram at KyberCast. Or if you prefer Facebook, we have both a group and a page at the KyberCast. And if you really want to help out the show, check out patreon.com slash KyberCast. Or the most important thing, smash that subscribe button so you can get alerted when our new shows come out. Or tell a friend about the show and leave a review at any of the podcatchers that you listen to. That really helps out. Or send them to kybercast.com and they can listen at our website. All our shows are there free and ready to go. So um, that'll do it for this week's episode. Next week, we'll catch up again with Secret Invasion, Star Trek New Worlds. And uh, maybe I'll do some other geek stuff just to have something more than Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Michael, anything from you? I'm good. All right, man. Well, until next week, this is the way. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.